is the Stagger Podcast. What's up? Welcome to the Stagger Podcast. I am JD Smith. Hey guys, I'm Derek Smith and I'm drinking a Belgian white ale tonight and feeling mighty good. Well, we got a lot coming up on the show today. We've got Las Vegas. Uh, All three series are in Las Vegas, so that's going to be a blast. We're going to get into all that stuff. We're finally getting to the like a normal part of the schedule now, which I'm good with, man. Like I, I love Daytona having that is obviously the 500 to start the year. I enjoy the road course. And then I love Homestead. So, like, mm. I, I kind of love NASCAR. I'm a, I'm a fan of racing, so I enjoy all this stuff. But now Vegas is an interesting track because we're going to find out again the speed we saw last week, how many teams are going to translate that to speed this week, which teams are going to pick it up. There's a lot of question marks coming into this weekend. So lots to oh, yeah. uh, get some answers on, hopefully, for us. Oh, for sure. And it's going to crystallize, too, because I don't think you're going to continue to see no offense to – Christopher Bell, William Byron, and Michael McDowell, of course, but I don't think you're going to have you can. I mean, I don't think this is a track that uh, Ricky Stenhouse goes out and just blitzes the field and wins, or Chris Buescher, or even Bubba Wallace. Like those are all drivers that had great finishes last spring. But I think this is one of those tracks that you're going to see a Penske, you're going to see another Gibbs, you're going to see uh, another Hendrick that you know William Byron is probably coming into this year was the fourth on the totem pole there. And you're going to see a major driver, I think, get a win this weekend. That's what I'm calling for. Yeah, I think we're going to see that, too. And we'll get into our Las Vegas preview coming up in a little bit because we'll uh, dive into a little of what you should look for as far as your fantasy lineups, if you're playing that. And we'll just talk about the race in general, what we're expecting this weekend. But before we do that, Derek wasn't on the show Monday. uh, So let's talk about something that we brought up at the time. It's kind of kept its legs all week long. So I guess it's worth still talking about. Noah Gragson, he is, uh, you know, was very frustrated after the race. He was leading at Homestead out by nine seconds. We already recapped it. David Starr running 14th or 15th, somewhere around there. Good day for them. Trying to bring the car home in one piece. Couldn't do it. The car, the tire corded up on him. Ended up getting a flat, shooting up the track. And Noah Gragson was trying to pass him on the outside with about a lane of clearance, if that. And he didn't make it because David star got in his way and wrecked out of the race did not win that race that he had dominated after the race he was pretty mad um Mm -hmm. said you got a lot of shitheads running on the track but i found this interesting Derek, and i don't know if you saw mike joy had some commentary about this did you catch any of that no i did not um yeah so Mike Joyce said this. Did he call him a shithead too? No. Uh, Mike Joyce said, heard David Starr racing on TMD, which is the morning drive on X Sirius XM NASCAR radio. He said, great interview, very well spoken, illustrating the challenges underfunded teams face every race. I like he wasn't personally mad at his accuser, but was upset for his team and all their hard work and sacrifice being disrespected. And then here comes Mike Joy with the truth hammer. He said, our sport has always had funded drivers, but it's high time a few of these privileged kids powered by daddy's pile of cash realize this whole sport doesn't just exist to make their dreams come true. Take some time to learn from those who've worked their way to the top. Oh, snap. Mike Joy (laughs) dropping some heat. on. uh, I mean, basically dropping some heat on Noah Gregson now. I'm sure he will say I was just speaking in general, but we know what that seems to be directed at. Hey, you know, I mean, and I be, Mike Joy is not immune from 
the way quote unquote NASCAR is going in the sense that, that I think people look at him like, okay, when's he going to retire? When's he going to go, you know, the way of Daryl Waltrip and when's he's going to get out of the booth? Cause yeah, he's a little old. I think he's probably looking at this going like, I was around here back when all the greats were driving and I'm still going to be around here because he still has the skill. He still has the talent. And I think that he's rejuvenated in the booth and has some freedom because with COVID, with staying at home all basically all the year last year, they he didn't really have to mingle with these drivers. And Noah Gregson's not a cup driver and he will be someday. But Mike Joy doesn't go on and have in-depth conversations where he, you know, he can blast the drivers. And I'm glad he's able to do that from a high atop his his tower in the in the broadcasting booth. Um, we need people like that. That's what I'm saying. We don't need we don't need everyone to just be. It's kind of why we started this because we can call people. That's hey, right. that's stupid. You know, we we don't want to be like. I mean, yes, of course, we're gonna have drivers on. We've had drivers on. We we will have our favorites for sure. We're not gonna be assholes to them. But at the same time, too, it's just great to see that big name commentators are actually able to do say big time things. I don't blame Noah Gragson in the moment for being pissed off. Wouldn't we would all be pissed off, right? And yeah. he, you know. It was after it was after he left the track and people said, hey, man, the dude had a flat. You should probably take that back. And he said, didn't look flat to me. And then the next day saying, I wouldn't regret I don't regret anything. I said, I stand by it, you know, and <laughs> doubling down on it. Like, I think that's where it kind of starts to rub people the wrong way, because most guys who get heated will then later on the next day say, hey, man, you know what? I lost my cool. It was a racing deal. It sucks. But, you know, I got to be better. I got to yeah. figure it out. For him to kind of go in on a guy like David Starr is it isn't it isn't the best look. The personality is great. I love having him as a personality, but I also thought it 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 did sound a little snotty. It sounded yeah. like okay. how dare this guy ruin my race? And it's like yeah, I'm sure that's what he wanted to do. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he was trying to like run up and ruin his day too. He didn't want to wreck his car. He had a yeah. Whataburger sponsor on there. Everybody would have been real happy him bringing that thing home in one piece. The guys in the shop would be happy. They don't have to rebuild it. Or yep. you know all that stuff like that I team's mean, not building a new car for every for chase at a at a competitive track. Absolutely, I mean, yeah. yeah. I never, yeah. I don't understand that, but I'm I'm glad that Mike Joy had something to say about it. But yeah, uh, well, you know, maybe he's going to become the next heel of NASCAR if he hasn't already. Um, but even Kyle Busch, I don't think would have doubled down, tripled down on on yeah. wrecking a guy with a flat. He would. I said, think uh, he might. I think he might have. I mean, yeah, don't forget, have. Kyle Busch was a guy in a truck race when he was already an established cup driver <laughs> that wrecked a guy for, you know, bumping into Ruined his championship. Yeah, yeah, right. I mean, so he, under caution, you know, I mean, got himself mm-hmm. sat down for multiple weeks because of that. So yeah. I'll tell you what really bugs me is the other people around the sport who just constantly dump on the guys who run at the back of the pack. I really don't know what they expect out of this sport. Like I heard the door bumper clear guys were all saying stuff like that this week. Some of like them. some of them. Well, yeah, but like, well, like okay, a Brett Griffin, for example, yeah. called like you know David Starr, get the get these idiots out of here. And it's like, how many cars do you want to run in a series? Right, like everybody that I've ever known that goes to a racetrack, if there's ten cars showing up for a for a certain class of racing they're like oh man this is a terrible show there's only 10 cars for this sprint car race today everyone makes the feature right do you want that and everyone does make the feature obviously in nascar but i'm saying like do you want just the best 10 cars and that's it is that what you want to see and by the brett griffins of the world too it's like you you spot for guys who have been 
guys that probably would have been cut at some point. Like, where do you want the cutoff line to be? Every one of these people who say this in the sport are like, well, after my team, then I think they should get rid of all those guys behind that. <laughs> it's like, well, yeah. what if your team, you know, what if your team is Matt Benedetto this year? I'm just saying, who, where, where are we yep. setting that line? The answer is we've set it at about 38 to 40 cars. So yep. deal with that. That's the sport. But like for them to get mad at David Starr, the guy was running 15th. If a 15th place car isn't supposed to be out there, well, then what the hell do you want? That's what mm -hmm. I don't understand. Like, well, what what do you, you want just 10 cars out there? I just don't get yeah. it. It's well, that's the thing here. Th think about this too. Uh, remember back to the uh, BK racing days? Yeah, with absolutely. Uh, Alex yeah, Bowman. You know, and, uh, Alex Wasn't Bowman, Alex Bowman running that car for a while? of the world famous number 48, Hendrick Chevrolet. Yeah. He was a BK racer. Absolutely. Didn't get paid for like four weeks because they were so tight on cash. He Remember just his car caught on fire? Remember car that? Caught on fire? Yeah. Yeah. We, I mean, uh, yeah. that was like a fuel thing. That wasn't necessarily because of equipment, right. but it just, but, yeah, that's what, that's what he was most known for before he got, you know, up with, signed up with Hendrick. Like, right. And that's the thing is like, so we look at younger drivers, like, like that we have in the back of the field now, whether it's Xfinity, I know David stars, he's been a veteran of the series and worked, a, ran a lot of lower class or lower level series in NASCAR. I get that, but the point is, is that you if you, if you don't give guys an opportunity to get seat time, if if you talk about spotters like that is not David's. If David Starr is doing something, it's on the spotter to say, hey, so you got Starr a turn ahead. Remember, he's been coming up, so watch your yeah. You might I, go below him. He, he well, that's up after, you know what a good spotter would say time. is like, hey man, you got a nine second lead. You got yep. a few Back laps to go. You have look, and I'll give you a perfect example. You know who ran a spotless race at the end. At Homestead, William Byron, yep. where everyone was talking about Tyler Reddick catching him. And who knows? Maybe Tyler Reddick legitimately was just better at that point. But William Byron also knew, I've got like a six-second lead over these guys. I do not need to get Noah Gragson. <laughs> yep. I don't need to have that happen to me. So he Two backed Chevy's it down. He took, be, his, yeah. he took his time getting around lap traffic when it came up on him. And I bet you if you go back and watch the tape, he didn't pass anybody in the corners. I bet he waited till they got on the straight. He'd go, zoop get right around him and then back, get his line in the corner and then tuck in behind the next lap car because yeah. he had such a big lead. So yeah, Tyler Reddick would have caught him in 10 more laps, but the race wasn't 10 laps longer. That's why he had yeah. that strategy. You don't, you don't get any points for winning by more. As long as you win, that's all that matters. All right, switching gears. Let's talk about the camping world truck series. We love the truck series. We watch it all the time. Uh, and we are excited about that series, but it's no secret that some of those teams in the series mm -hmm. struggle financially. You know, it's a tough deal to put those trucks out every single week. Uh, the payouts may not be quite as big, although they're getting better. And there's a lot of bonuses mm -hmm. up for, you know, the winners of these races. But the guy who is in charge of Camping World Holdings, which, of course, owns the Camping World Truck Series as far as the sponsorship, that's Marcus Limonis. And obviously, if you've followed his career, if you've watched him on TV, uh, this is a guy who knows what he's doing when it comes to business, when it comes to marketing, when it comes to strategizing. Uh, the guy obviously understands how to make a splash and make an impact. And I found this to be really interesting. If you were watching uh, during the, I believe it was the road course race at Daytona, mm -hmm. Sheldon Creed was running an unsponsored truck. Sheldon Creed, defending champion of the series, is driving around without a sponsor. And so Marcus Limonis was tweeting during the race like, what is up with this two truck? Why does he not have a sponsor? And then he basically said, hey, man, you know, get in touch. Like, we'll find a way to make sure you have a sponsor for the next race. 
which is really cool. That's, yeah. you know, one of the big hitters, big spots the of the series. Dream, the team owner's dream. Yeah, absolutely. So then it became this thing on Twitter that I just, I, I've never seen anything like what happened this week. And I don't think you have either, Derek, as far as we can remember. <laughs> maybe, maybe Winston did something like this years and years ago. Not, I don't know. Not I don't, to this extent. I no. don't think so. Yeah. Um, Closest thing is, I mean, you get a title sponsor that sponsors a series and you get a sticker like monster on every one of the cars right. or sprints. Yes. That's, that's about it. That's about it. A right. small little sticker on the dash. Um, ahead of the bucked up 200 at Las Vegas, <laughs> Camping World CEO Marcus Limonis has said, if you put my logo on your truck, if you wrap the truck and are the have basically the primary sponsored truck, uh, he put up this type of reward. He said, you get $15,000. Any of these trucks, if you put up and wrap the truck, you get $15,000 instantaneously that's yours turns into twenty five thousand dollars if you run top 10 and then thirty five thousand dollars if you get a top five and then it turns to fifty thousand dollars if you win so not only is it a sponsorship it's a sponsorship with escalation not Mm. being someone who does this for a living or is heavily involved in that I'm just going to take a guess that that is somewhat similar to some of what these teams look for. And they probably do have offers like that where, hey, if you win, the number goes up a little bit in value because you're going to get more screen time, that type of thing. But I've never seen someone just blanket statement say, hey, if 20 trucks want to take me up on this, I'm dropping this type of (laughs) coin on you. He could theoretically sponsor the entire top 10 because a bunch of trucks actually took him up on this. And I have mm-hmm. the list for you, but just initially, what do you think of that offer, Derek? I think it's uh, it's fantastic um, that he's doing it. I think it's a sign of the times that NASCAR needs to, while this is a great story, they need to look at this as a corporate level and say, what do we do? How do we help out our truck series team? Because without the truck series, A, there's a glut of fans that are, I mean, that's one of the races that you can bring your under 12-year-old in for free. Talk yeah. about hooking a NASCAR fan for life when you can go to a truck race for 50 bucks. I mean, to me, it's like, that's how you, that's how you get the next generation of fans. So you have to have a feeder series that's, that's affordable for both drivers, uh, companies, um, you know, teams and organizations, but also fans. And then also too, you need to have that development series. I love the fact that Kyle Busch has invested in the series in the past. Kevin Harvick invested in the series because they're invested in seeing guys like Christopher Bell, like Bubba Wallace, like Noah Gregson. And that's just recent memory coming out of just one team with Kyle Busch Motorsports. Yeah. Um, I think the truck series is vital to the development and the long-term strategy of NASCAR. And short of them starting a minivan or an SUV series, they got to have representation of, of, a, of, a, of a truck, of a, of a vehicle that's on, you know, probably one of every four or five households. So let's talk about the trucks that are actually doing this. So Sheldon Creed is obviously wrapped and ready to go with the, the Camping World logo on number two, GMS racing entry Jordan Anderson getting in on the action good for him of course Jordan Anderson racing number three car or number three truck uh Grant Enfinger who is not running with Thor Sport this weekend because we talked about this in our preview episode you might remember but Grant Enfinger is not a full-timer with Thor Sport this year so he is running part-time with other teams where he can get a ride uh and so CR7 Motorsports 
is who's running that. Uh, I think that's Cody Roadball's organization, if I'm not mistaken. Number nine Chevrolet Silverado that he's running. So Grant Enfinger will be in this race alongside Christian Eckes, who kind of took part of his ride this year in the Thorsport entry. So let's see how Grant, Enf- Grant mm. Enfinger does. I'd love to see him get up there and get a top 10 or even better. Uh, but yeah, so he's doing it. Raphael Lassard is doing this. Jesse Awuji is doing this. BJ McLeod, Dawson Cram, Cram, Tyler, Cram. <laughs> Tyler Hill, and Parker Kligerman, all are the teams that so far we know of. Oh, and Norm Benning. I forgot Norm. How could I forget Norm? Our guy, the oh. number six truck. Norm oh, is taking him up on that. this. Love it. I am pumped for Norm on that. So yeah, yeah, man. That's that's ten trucks right there. He could have a top ten all camping world. And I, I, I understand that from a logistical side, from a, from a monetary side for the series, it may not be ideal that half, well, a third of the field is going to be sponsored by one sponsor here. The other side of that, though, is I think that NASCAR has actually done their homework in bringing in this sponsor, right? I mean, yeah. the fact that Camping World wants to get involved in the find that they've, they've got somebody who runs that company who is so interested in doing exactly the thing that NASCAR is supposed to deliver, which is how much engagement did he get for Camping World this week online with NASCAR fans? How many reservations did he make? How many reservations? Dude, how many people were like, you know what? The guy who is like helping keep some of these teams that we love. Think of all the guys who took him up on this. Jordan Anderson, fan favorite. Uh, Grant Enfinger, a lot of people like him, right? Parker Kligerman. TV guy, people like him, obviously, you know, long career, also doing the iRacing stuff. Uh, yeah. Those guys are all good. Jesse Awuji is a great story, military background, all that stuff. Grant Enfinger, Sheldon like Creed I said. champion. Sheldon Creed's champion, right. I mean, like, these are guys that have people pay attention to. Now, mm-hmm. obviously, this was open to anyone, but look what happened with it. You, you got a good cross-section of the NASCAR Truck Series garage covered now in Camping World logoing. So... I think other I think that you are going to see other if this works, especially if like one of those trucks wins, you might see other companies do the same thing. You might see other companies say, um, hey, we're going to do the camping world deal. You know, maybe Monster or someone like that comes in and says, we're not going to do a whole series, but we'll do a race where we put up a bounty for anybody who wants to run our sponsor. Here's what we're going to do in the truck series. So people were bringing this up online and I, I don't agree with them. But the idea was, well, isn't this bad for the sport that, you know, there's 10 trucks that needed this sponsorship? Yeah, it's not ideal that that's the situation they're in. But here's the reality. It's not like those trucks were just going to show up like they were going to stay home and now they're showing up. Maybe one or two of them were in that boat. But for the most part, these were trucks that were already planning on running and were just going to run basically for free. Or hoping that their, you know, the prize money would cover their expenses and they'd break even, lose a little bit, but they'll make it up with another sponsor down the road. Now, yep. I'm sure a lot of these guys, some of them did have sponsors on the trucks. They just said, well, do you mind moving off the truck this week to another week that's also not sponsored? Like what this also did was push some sponsors into weeks that weren't sponsored, right? So that's another benefit here is that you just added a week of sponsorship to your team. I... I know it's not ideal that every team is in this position and sure you could argue maybe it is worth more down the road than 15 grand. Look at all the work they did. All these teams had to go get a wrap printed. They had to design it. They had to cut it and then have it installed and then get their truck out within like a 24 hour period. 
So they were, and they were bending over backwards to make this happen. That's how valuable this was to them. So yeah, of course, this is maybe not ideal that this is how many teams need $15,000, but also they're doing it because Sheldon Creed, I guarantee you, thinks we can win 50 grand extra. Like yep. that truck is good enough. They could win the whole thing. So oh, yeah. it's, it's, yeah. I, I think it's a great idea. And I think too, it's one of those things where if you had a sponsor working this week, I think you can sit there and, and get a chance to, to run up front like Sheldon Creed's going to do um, and be a part of this or even like, I mean, the, the amount of retweets that some of these drivers are getting, this is going to help with their activation to say, hey, you know, we've got, I added 3,000 followers this week, 2,000 followers this week to bump me up to whatever their number is. That's going to help with them. I mean, this is the gift that keeps on giving, honestly, because all these, if you get a top 10 finish out of a Wuji or top 15, yeah, that's a, that's that's a huge one for, for his them, team. Sure. And then he's going to be able to, to, to go on shows, maybe even like ours or other shows like that, right? And talk about it and then hopefully pick up a sponsor. So, I mean, that's just one of the things I think it's good. So if you're a sponsor, uh, to me, it makes sense to, to join NASCAR for many reasons or join racing in general, race, you know, IMSA, IndyCar, sprint car racing. Those fans are so loyal. They'll buy that stuff for, you know, for all, all of their life because that's what they've, it's, it, they've bonded to that. So that's to me, I just, I can't speak enough highly about it. And uh, I, I'm really happy with what Marcus Lemonis did because I think it's a smart decision. It's a very low risk, high reward opportunity, I think. And may one of his trucks win this week. Most fans that like know about the trucks kind of watch it here and there. You got to tune into it this week. Well, you know what, too? It's going to help with the numbers, too. Dude, I think it is so cool. And that's that's absolutely right. I think there will be people who will flip this race on to see, hey, don't these guys win extra if they win? Which ones win? All the blue and yellow trucks, I think. <laughs> well, if it says Camping World and they win, I think they're going to get way more money. Like, and yeah. obviously, you get more money when you win the purse. Like, you win whatever NASCAR is paying, but we don't know what that is anymore. They never tell us. So, you know, we now know like you're going to win at least fifty thousand dollars if you win yeah. this race. That's pretty damn cool. I love it. And, th- and think about this, man. One, my last thing on this is if you had like a Ford Dealers four hundred or something, right? Yeah, you know, they used to have those races. It would be kind of cool if like a Carvana came in and said, yep, yeah, that's what we're going to do this 10, 10 car, five car deal where we're going to try to put some, it, it's going to give almost like an outlaw locals kind of a, like a vibe to it as far as yeah, like a sure. us versus them, a posse versus the outlaws <laughs> kind of thing. That I mean, to me, I think that'd be cool. If Marcus Limonis hears this, I would just say, do this at a play track. Do this at Daytona or Talladega because yes. I yes. want a line of like camping world, <laughs> whatever's <laughs> like if it's the yeah. Xfinity yeah. series, if you do it in the truck series, <laughs> wherever you do it. But like, could you see that where a guy's like, which line am I going to take? Uh, I think I'm going to hop in the camping world line because if we all get to the front, we're all going to get bonuses. Yep. <laughs> we're all going to be if we all get in the top five, we're all winning. We're not breaking this line up. I'm not passing this guy. Or maybe exactly. you do, because then the guy's like, wait, I go from thirty five to fifty thousand if I make this pass like they obviously already have that with the prize money but this 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 has so many juicy possibilities this, this has it. all the possibilities in the world marcus limonis i commend you yeah and I salute you it's great sir. you're our guy for sure take a break yeah. and come back we will preview up the cup race at las vegas next you're listening to the stagger podcast Welcome back to the Stagger Podcast. All right, let's look to Las Vegas. Let me give you the rundown of where the starting positions are, and then we'll get into the advice. Uh, Kevin Harvick is rolling off the pole position. William Byron is second. Kyle Larson is third. Truex is fourth. McDowell is fifth. 
Hamlin sixth, Kurt Busch seventh, Chase Elliott eighth, uh, Bowman ninth, Kozlowski tenth. Uh, then you go Tyler Reddick, Austin Dillon, teammates there in the sixth row, Newman and Kyle Busch in the seventh row, Logano and Christopher Bell eighth row, Stenhouse and Boucher rolling off Boucher. in row nine, Ryan Priest and Cole Custer in row ten, Ross Chastain, Daniel Suarez in row eleven. Your guy, Bubba Wallace, sitting there in uh, the 12th row alongside Chase Briscoe. Justin Haley for Spire Motorsports and Ryan Blaney sitting back there. Blaney has got some work to do, clearly. He has had a rougher start to the season. Uh, Anthony Alfredo, Eric Amarola in 27th to 28th. Jones and Matt DiBenedetto talk about a rough start. He's had one out there in a row number 15. Smithley, Cody Ware, LaJoy McLeod, Balicki Hauf, Joey Gase, and Timmy Hill rounding out your top 38 drivers in this Timmy race. Hill. Uh, let's let's talk about the favorites <laughs> to win here. Um, I want to give you a little quick thing. Here's uh, This is from iFantasyRace.com. We always recommend you go check those guys out. Good, good info there from Ryan Rance here. Uh, but this is Las Vegas Spring Race 2020, fastest drivers late in a run. So remember, this is pre-COVID, um, and this is them, you know, going out this is how they did late in that race okay the guys who had speed late in a run William Byron actually was one of the fastest cars late in a run and of course he just came off a big victory it should be maybe not as big a surprise that he was good at Homestead because he was good here last year too uh running at 172 989 for his uh average speed late in a run now he finished 22nd but there was speed in that car and he's rolling off second this week Ryan Blaney also was really fast late in a run. Chase Elliott, Joey Logano, Jimmy Johnson, who obviously isn't running in this race, but in the 48 car, he was fast. And the 42 car was also very fast with Kyle Larson. So a couple ways you could read that. Either the five car is going to be fast or perhaps his car, uh, the, his old team, I should say, for Ross Chastain might have some speed built into that. Those are all the cars that were over the 172 mile an hour mark late in a run. For comparative purposes, William Byron late in a run was a mile an hour faster than the seventh place car on the speeds chart, Alex Bowman, late in a run. Uh, so just think about that, right? I mean, if if you're that fast late in a run, that could be a very big deal trying to figure out who's going to win this race if it stays relatively caution-free, which it very well could, you know? So you got to factor yeah. that in. If you're looking at guys who are good restarters, I think those are different types of drivers to look at. But late in a run... Those are some of the cars and drivers, the 48 car, the 42 car, you might want to think about if you're looking at your lineups. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. You have to take some risk. It is Las Vegas. So if you're going to take a risk on this race, this is where I say you you start kind of my thing. You start bottom of the field, work your way up. That's my strategy, at least. Um, All right. So you want, you want to take a guess at who I'm going to pick? Go ahead. Yeah. Um, he's had some struggles this year, but finished runner-up last year. Matt DiBenedetto starting 30th. Because if he gets uh, 20th place, that's at least a 10-point uh, bump in the uh, the positions gains yeah, category. I, so I see that. I mean, obviously, it's a huge risk because he's been so bad yeah. this year, or that team has been so but bad. We know he's a talented that, driver. He's but. with the team. It's a similar similar deal to what they run last year. So if there's any race for him to get off the schneid and get back into the points battle, I mean, because pretty much he's – if he has a couple more bad finishes, he's down. He needs, he needs a top 15, like – Bare minimum, bare. Oh, I'm saying bare minimum. He needs a top 15 this week. He yeah, really I mean, needs it, to get it going. 
Th- this is the equivalent if you were if you were selling products and you know that every time you rolled to this town, you knew you could find this one business owner who would always buy from you, right? Yeah. You need to get a couple sales in the in the bank for the month. That's 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 what this track is for him. So with him having the success here, I think he's going to go in this weekend, really hoping for a, a you know breakthrough. And the thing is, if he can just get past cars on restarts and get uh, get out there, I think he'll have a shot. Um, okay. He yeah. was, I mean, he was running top ten for a decent amount for the on the uh, the speed charts for the top total speed rankings last year in the spring. So at nine thousand, it's a little bit of a of a bite to chew off. Um, you are gambling. Wait, that's how much get, he I is think, this week? Yeah, he's nine thousand. Whoa! Because Whoa. he finished second last year and he's rolling thirtieth. That's I mean, if he gets wow. to where he was last year, that's a that's gosh okay. 20, 25, All 26, right. I'm 28. Just, I'm just saying that is a lot. That is a that big is deal. A lot. So to listen to this though, so that to me is why I'm choosing him because I think a lot of people are going to see that and go, "Ooh, that's too much. I can't start off there." Now, if you want me to continue up with my lineup, go ahead. Here, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. I'm, I'm keeping going up from the back of the field. Going up to number six place finisher last year, Bubba Wallace rolling off at seven thousand. So he's my cheapest driver in the field, and he's uh, and he's starting teams? pretty far back. So he's I mean, start, he's starting twenty third, twenty third. Yeah. I mean, so I you're hoping he can get to a top ten, top fifteen. Yeah, top ten, top fifteen. And I mean, he wasn't the fastest last year, but he was there at the end. And I think sometimes it's what you have to have. Uh, so I'm hoping he can stay top twenty and find some spots to uh, get a pit strategy and roll up, uh, okay. you know, top ten again. Another guy who I'm hoping to have the same kind of luck. So maybe I'm putting myself, I got three wild cards in my lineup. Uh, but Ricky Stenhouse Jr. rolling off 17th, $6,800. Um, but he was eighth fastest in the total speed rankings in the last segment of the race last year. So that helped him propel him to a third place finish. So I'm hoping that he can find some of that magic again and uh, stay out of the wall, which is always his uh, struggle. And uh, I think he can get out there and get, get a top 10. Uh, so I've already got three top 10 people in my lineup. Um, and then going from there, the heavy hitters, I'm, I'm pulling in, uh, starting 15th, my heaviest hitter on the, on the price chart is Joey Logano, uh, favorite to win the race, uh, potentially, uh, I think he's going to do some good things and hoping that he can, you know, those 15 points that he could pick up going for 14 points, going from 15th to first, that uh, would really be nice. Uh, then I have Alex Bowman and William Byron each coming in Bowman at 8,800, and Byron at 8,300. He's starting second, so he's got to hold his spot. Yeah, really. yeah. But even if he drops to a top 10, that's still a decent amount of points in the bank. So hopefully this lineup will get me another dollar fifty. is what I'm banking on. <laughs> Off of your 25 cents. I got it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but here, this, this is the one thing I want to say about Alex Bowman. He finished here. Um, Alex Bowman ran 13th, but he was top seven all day in total speed rankings. And Jimmy Johnson finished top five. And was top ten in speed rankings. All that forty-eight car so is looking the forty-eight car. Yeah, sure. so you've got the forty-eight cars looking fantastic with both driver and crew being top of their game last spring. Yeah. I think it's a good indicator that he could get a top ten finish easy. Yeah, I think that's a, a pretty solid lineup there. I don't disagree with it. Um, I will say that a guy that I think should definitely get an eye though at ninety-seven hundred dollars, Kevin Harvick is starting on the pole. He is one of the I think. You know, at, at these type of tracks, he's obviously going to be a factor. Usually, he was, he's he, he's sitting third in points, and no one's even talking about him. Like he's right there. I mean, it's Kevin Harvick, man. Like I I could see this being one where he just piles up points for you, as mm-hmm. like dominator stats with fastest laps yeah. and those types of things. Like this is the track where you do have to think about guys who just get out, run well, and they just lead a a boatload of laps all day. 
Kevin Harvick at less than $10,000, you know, similar price to Alex Bowman. Well, I shouldn't say he's a thousand more than Alex Bowman, but like that's, that's a guy who will be on the pole and probably get out in clean air pretty early on and then lead a bunch of laps. I would be shocked if he's not one of your lap leaders all race long. So I think yeah. he's definitely a good pick there. I think Denny is a great pick here. Um, and he's only 9,200. Um, if I had to pick from the like most expensive guys to, to win this race, I do think Blaney's of your high price guys being back there in 26, you yeah. know, he's going to have speed. So I think he's going to be there too. You just can't afford to have all those guys in your lineup most likely. Um, but I will say that looking at, uh, the actual betting line for this, Ryan yep. Blaney is plus 1200. That's mm -hmm. pretty solid. But William yeah. Byron is plus 1600. Again, Ryan Blaney nice. starting 26th. Willie B is 16 to 1 odds to win the race, and he's starting second, and he just won last week at a similar, well, Homestead zone deal, right? But car yeah. that's good there should theoretically be good at Las Vegas too. So mm. you'd have to think he's going to have some speed in that car, and they're going to be taking a big swing. They might be able yeah. to hit on it two in a row. But, yeah, 16 to 1 odds, man, for William Byron. Something to think about for show. Yeah. Oh, it makes, show. it makes one it makes a man wonder you know? <laughs> it does indeed all right uh give me your prediction who do you think wins this race tomorrow or on sunday to, i'm sorry uh to me i think it's alex bowman i think he's my favorite i have him not only in my DraftKings but also in a in a famed uh racing league that we are both members of the dick trickle fantasy league so i am uh i'm i, I could call my shot if i wanted to this weekend i don't know if i will uh but i think alex bowman is going to be the guy yeah, I will. Uh, I will say that's a really solid pick. If you believe in that pick, uh, he's twenty to one odds to win the race, for what it's worth. Um, but the guy I'm going to go with is actually, I think, a guy that probably should have been a bigger factor last week, were it not for starting from the rear due to, you know, unapproved changes, and then also speeding on pit road. I don't think Dennis Hamlin's doing that again. So I think Denny Hamlin is a no. great pick here at no, nine. Sir. Nine to one odds. I could see Denny Hamlin winning this race. So yeah, and that's why I like NASCAR odds is because you kind of can see the top ten win the race. So you kind of feel like ooh, and the bookmakers love it because then you put, get a lot of action on a lot of different drivers. Mm -hmm. um, it's not like the Patriots playing the, you know, the Jets of old and knowing that well, how are you going to cover? That's the main question because you know the Patriots are going to win. That's why I love NASCAR. You just there's a there's an unknown. There's lots of favorites, and then you always have the McDowell's or the Christopher Bell's or the you know the William William Byron's that come in and and the upstarts that kind of take over from the big boys. So it's it's going to be another fun weekend of racing, and I can't wait. I will be uh, getting my second round of the vaccine, so I'll be watching this with a fever and chills probably, but it'll be worth it. <laughs> well, hey man, at least you get the second <laughs> round in. Good for you. Yeah, uh, enjoy that. Enjoy the racing all weekend long. Of course, hit us up on at Stagger Podcast on Twitter. Instagram, TikTok as well. We'll be there ready for you. We also have our YouTube channel, so make sure you check that out if you have not yet. It's mostly just another way to listen to the podcast, but we are adding in like little clips from the podcast that are a little mm -hmm. easier to digest. So uh, for sure, yeah. if you can share with any of those, that's always awesome for us. We appreciate that. And yeah, uh, I was, yeah. was going to say, hey, to all the new listeners, I know some of you guys have, have we've connected through Facebook groups and stuff like that. Thank you, thank you, thank you for checking out our podcast. And uh, we just really appreciate having you be part of the stagger stagger podcast and and uh, we do have a facebook group stagger nation i believe is what we're calling it um so you can look us up through that so it's a little uh we're not as super active on that but it's a good way to kind of connect with us if you have any questions for us we're pretty uh available to to respond and and we can uh yeah talk some racing 
Absolutely. All right. We will talk to you guys next week and recap all the action from Las Vegas. Till next time, stay safe and stay staggered.